0: Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 2nd Chronicles, 2nd Chronicles chapter 36 and we'll begin reading in verse 15 of 2nd Chronicles chapter 36. Hear now the word of the living God. The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent persistently to them by his messengers because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his words and scoffing at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people until there was no remedy. Therefore, He brought up against them the king of the Chaldeans who killed their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary and had no compassion on young man or virgin, old man or aged. He gave them all into his hand and all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, and the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king and of his princes, All these he brought to Babylon and they burned the house of God and broke down the wall of Jerusalem and burned all its palaces with fire and destroyed all its precious vessels. He took into exile in Babylon those who had escaped from the sword and they became servants to him. And to his sons until the establishment of the kingdom of Persia to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed its sabbaths. All the days that it lay desolate, it kept sabbath to fulfill 70 years. Now in the first year of Cyrus king of Persia, A house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever is among you of all his people, may the Lord his God be with him. Let him go up. Thus ends the reading of God's fear word. Let's pray. Father, we beg that you would come by your Holy Spirit and that we would understand your word. And that, Father, not only would we understand it, but, Lord, that we would make good use of it. That you would write it upon our hearts. And, Lord, there are two specific things we beg that you would show us in these verses of your holy, infallible, inerrant word. First of all, Lord, we pray that you would show us the only remedy for sin your son, the Lord Jesus. And you would write that upon our hearts afresh this night. And then secondly, that Lord, you would impress upon us how sweet your word is and how faithful your word is, your written word, the word of your mouth that you give to your people. Lord, our life is wrapped up in Trusting in you, Lord Jesus, and following you. And so, Lord, write that upon our hearts. And bless us now with your Spirit. For, Lord, left to ourselves, we cannot see rightly your word or make good use of it, proper use of it. And so, Lord Jesus, come, we beg, By your Spirit and walk in our midst and take this, the very word of your mouth, and you preach it to my heart and the hearts of your lambs here this night. In Jesus we pray to you, the living and true God, the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we come now to the end of this history of the kings of Judah. And you see in verse 15 and sixteen, this summary that God, all through the years had persistently he had sent over and over and over his prophets. And we see there not only that he had sent persistently to them, his messengers, the prophets, but why? And it was because he had compassion on His people and on His dwelling place. What was the response of the people down through uh, the hundreds of years that uh, we have looked at in this overview of the history of God's people in the book of First and Second Chronicles? But they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising His words and scoffing at His prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people, until there was no remedy. Now the Hebrew word there for remedy is literally healing. Until there was no healing. There there was, there was no cure that would fix the problem uh, in a sense. And yet when we read on in this passage, we see... Wonder of wonders that even though there was this judgment that came just as God had warned, it was devastating. It lasted 70 years, which is a long time. And yet there was hope and a future. And so we'll begin looking at this passage of scripture together. First of all, Uh, the first thing that we see are the horrible consequences of sin that finally, after hundreds of years, God's wrath is poured forth. And we see a summary of this in verses 17 and following. Just as God had warned, therefore he brought up against them the king of the Chaldeans, Now, we need to understand that the Lord had warned his people over and over and over. Don't turn away from the true and living God. Don't go after the false gods of of the people who you are displacing. Uh, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The Lord warned his people that if they ever turned away from him and embraced false gods, that the Lord's chastening hand would be upon them. The message of the book of Deuteronomy is that theme of, over and over. It was given by the servant of God, Moses, right at the end of his life, recounting uh, God delivering his people from bondage in Egypt and warning the people as they're getting ready to go into the promised land, do not turn to these pagan gods. If you do you will perish. Over in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, the Lord recorded a passage of Scripture that is very important to take note of, and we've made reference to it several times as we have gone through the book of Second Chronicles. It was this passage and Leviticus chapter 26 that were the basis of Solomon's prayer that is recorded for us in the book of Second Chronicles chapter 6. Solomon goes through a, a list of uh, scenarios that if the people have sinned, if As individuals they have a controversy, Uh, if they have a dispute one with another, if their army is being defeated, uh, if they have turned away from God, and if they repent and come to this house that Solomon had built, the temple, and seek the face of God. You remember that The tabernacle, uh, before the temple as a permanent building was built, the tent was called the Tent of Meeting. It was where God's people could go to meet God and to offer sacrifices. And the very first offering that was required to uh, come into the presence of God to meet God was the guilt offering. It was the sin offering. And in the book of Leviticus chapter 1, the Lord describes how that guilt offering was to be offered, that you were to bring your animal, and you would come and meet a priest there in the courtyard of the temple, and you would put your hand on the animal's head, and the priest, while your hand was on that animal's head, would kill that animal. And it was symbolic of uh, a death was taking place uh, in your place. A death was taking place as a substitute. And the book of Hebrews chapter 10 tells us it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. But all of those sacrifices that were offered were pointing forward to the Lamb of God who would come in the fullness of time. And that's what John the Baptist declared. Uh, He was baptizing there by the Jordan and he saw the Lord Jesus coming. And what did he declare? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so Solomon is praying, God, I beg that you would bless this temple to be used as that tool to point your people to you, the living God, and to experience by faith in the Christ a uh, reconciliation uh, with you. And the Lord came and answered Solomon. You remember in chapter 7, and we've seen that this sort of is is the theme verse, if you will, of the whole book of 2 Chronicles. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. But the Lord went on in chapter 7 of 2 Chronicles... To warn Solomon. He says, Solomon, you as the king, you and your sons after you need to be careful to cling to me, to love me, to obey me. And if you ever turn away from me and turn to other gods, then this house that is the symbol of my presence. And you remember what had happened At the end of Solomon's prayer and as the priests were beginning to go in to take up their work, God came down. The pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire that had led God's people and filled the house so that they could not even go into the temple to do their work. And so... The Lord is in Deuteronomy 28 spelling out the blessings that he would give to his people and the judgments that he would pour upon his people. The blessings, if they loved and followed the Christ, the judgments, if they turned away, Look at Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. If you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And you remember what the Lord Jesus declared. If you love me, you will what? you will do what I command. Uh, If you're a friend of Jesus, uh, if we love Jesus, we will seek to honor him and obey him. Uh, Here we have, down in verse 15, but if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God or be careful to do all his commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. And these curses indeed are horrifying. Uh, The Lord spells out. And in Leviticus 26, he said, uh, if after all of these chastenings, you still don't uh, uh, turn from sin, then I will bring seven times more Um, and then he records some more spine-tingling chastenings that would come. And he said, even after all of this, if you still don't turn, seven times more. And so that's the basis upon which uh, the Lord dealt with his people. He had spelled it out. And the culmination of these judgments, these curses, it's not curses in the sense of, um, you know, saying a bad word, but it's a curse just meaning a judgment, God's holy judgment. It was that Jerusalem itself would be captured and the temple would be destroyed and God's people would be carried off to a foreign nation. That was the culmination of the judgment and that's what we see in 2 chronicles chapter 36 now in verse 17 back in our text in second chronicles 36 we read therefore he brought up against them the king of the chaldeans king nebuchadnezzar who killed their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary and had no compassion on young man or virgin, old man or aged. And I'm not going to read uh, the book of Lamentations, but if you'll turn with me, we're just going to look at a couple of passages in the book of Lamentations because that is what Jeremiah saw with his own eyes. He sees Jerusalem captured. Look at verse 1 of chapter 1 of Lamentations. How lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow she has become. She who was great among the nations. She who was a princess among the provinces has become a slave. She weeps bitterly in the night with tears on her cheeks among all her lovers she has none to comfort her here's this picture of the people of God had gone after uh, committing adultery all of these false gods and had turned their back on their own bridegroom and where now are all of those lovers she had gone after they're gone Judah Well, the last part of verse 2, all her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. Judah has gone into exile because of affliction and hard servitude. She dwells now among the nations but finds no resting place. Her pursuers have all overtaken her in the midst of her distress. And I don't know when was the last time that you read the book of Lamentations, but it has some spine-tingling details of what Jeremiah saw. Uh, Turn over to chapter 5. At the end of of this uh, book, here's, here's what Jeremiah says. Remember, O Lord, what has befallen us. Look and see our disgrace. Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers. Our homes to foreigners. We have become orphans, fatherless. Our mothers are like widows. We must pay for the water we drink. The wood we get must be bought. Our pursuers are at our necks. We are weary. We are given no rest. We have given the hand to Egypt and to Assyria to get bread enough. Our fathers have sinned and are no more and we bear their iniquities slaves rule over us there is none to deliver us from their hand we get our bread at the peril of our lives because of the sword in the wilderness our skin is hot as an oven with the burning heat of famine women are raped in zion young women in the towns of judah princes are hung up by their hands No respect is shown to the elders. Young men are compelled to grind at the mill. The Boys stagger under loads of wood. The old men have left the city gate. The young men, their music. The joy of our hearts has ceased. Our dancing has turned to mourning. The crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us, for we have sinned. But in the midst of the horror, that Jeremiah had seen a horror that Deuteronomy 28 describes that even women would turn and become so brutal that they would consume even their own offspring literally horrifying Uh, hard to imagine Jeremiah saw it with his own eyes and yet in the midst of it all Jeremiah is given a glimmer of hope. And that hope is the living God. In chapter 3 of Lamentations, we read in verse 20, My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in Him. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. And so, there was hope. Now, we're going to look briefly at two passages in the book of Jeremiah as we conclude God had given hope to his people. That hope is found in the Christ and in following, trusting and obeying. In Jeremiah chapter 29, the Lord gave a message when Nebuchadnezzar came in 607 BC to his people. And he said, listen, I know this looks bad. Uh, It's a hard thing that we're going through now. But here is what God says to you. Look at Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 1. These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem To the surviving elders of the exiles, and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jeconiah. And you remember, he was the son of Jehoiakim that we've read about in chapter 36. This was the first wave of exiles that were taken. That was when the 70 years started in 607 B.C. And these people who were carried to this foreign land, it was going to be, Jeremiah had told them in chapter 25 of Jeremiah, it's going to be 70 years. Most of you are not 70 years old who are here tonight. Can you imagine 70 years old? And... God says, it's going to be 70 years, but after 70 years, I'm going to bring my people back. Well, this first wave, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they're in that first wave. And here's God's message to them. Look down in verse 3. The letter was sent by the hand of Elisha, the son of Shaphan. And Gemariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, it said, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses. And live in the plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare you will find welfare." For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you. And do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. And these false prophets were saying, Oh, this is just going to be a couple of months or at most a couple of years. And then the king of Babylon is going to let you come back. You'll be delivered. And God's message was, no, it's going to be 70 years. You need to have a long-term perspective on this. You need to trust my word. And so you're going to be in Babylon for a long time, and you need to plant, and you need to have your sons and daughters establish homes and bear children, and you need to look to the future. Verse 10, for thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Well... Um, we're going to look at the other passage next week. Uh, but I'll give you a hint. If you sometime this week have time, read Daniel chapter 9. Because Daniel was one of the young men who was carried off. And Daniel was reading in the book of Jeremiah that after 70 years... God would restore his people. And I want you to notice in Daniel chapter 9 what Daniel does. When he says, oh, time's up. It's 70 years. I'll give you a hint. Daniel humbles himself before the Lord. And Daniel says, Lord, the reason all this has happened is because we've turned away from you. And Lord, you have done exactly what you promised you would do. And so Lord, now we're confessing our sin to you and we're turning from it and turning to you, begging for mercy, begging that you would forgive us and that you would heal us and restore us. Well, may God encourage us. Yes, sin is a horrible reality. And it is in our day and time. In a very real sense, it's like we are living in Babylon. And what do we need to do? We need to look to Jesus. We need to trust and obey Him. And we need to have strength and hope. Remembering that God is faithful to his word and we need to go about our daily lives just seeking to trust and obey the Lord Jesus. Building homes, raising our children, pressing the gospel upon their hearts, nurturing them, living a life before them, showing them that indeed Jesus is the pearl of great price understanding that the future belongs to jesus the future belongs not to the progressives and the woke and the socialist and those that are warring against the living god but the future belongs to jesus and those who follow him oh this is a timely Message that we need to take to heart from what happened in Jeremiah's day. God still reigns on high. His son is powerful and mighty to save. And those who trust in Jesus, God tells us, I know the plans I have for you. Plans not for destruction, but for good. Trust and obey Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Father, we ask that you would write these precious truths upon our hearts. And that, Lord, we would give ourselves anew to you, Lord Jesus. And we would not listen to the lies of the false prophets in our day and time who are telling us that... It's okay for us to go along with the world in its rebellion against you. Oh, Lord, give us hearts that keep repenting of sin. To turn from anything and everything that is against you. And to turn to you, Lord Jesus, and keep trusting in you. Oh, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that there is a future and a hope for your people, for our children and grandchildren. Oh Lord, we need that message in this day. It is a dark day that we are facing, just like your people faced great spiritual darkness as Nebuchadnezzar had captured the city of Jerusalem and burned the temple to the ground. O Lord, even your people who had been carried off to a foreign land, yet you give them this message of hope and life, that indeed your faithful mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And therefore, they and we, by your grace, have hope. Revive our hearts now, Lord. In Jesus we pray. Amen.